I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's coming up Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by Krusty Brand Imitation Gruel. Oh, no. Nine out of ten orphans can't tell the difference. <laughs> and we are also brought to you by Krusty's famous superfluous nipple. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know how that's a sponsor, but I just accept their emails. Uh, I would just want to say up top that this podcast episode has been granted the Krusty Brand seal of approval. Uh, you can only find it on high-quality products that gain the approval of Krusty the Clown. Ooh, So that nice. was a good get for us. Um, that can only mean one thing. We are, of course, talking about the... Fucking iconic episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a swell swear word. I up think it's top. a swell word. It's a swell word to swear. <laughs> Camp Krusty, one of my personal favorites. Not to tilt the conversation too much. It is the tilt it baby. Tilt it. It is the first episode out of the gate for season four of The Simpsons. It originally aired on September 24th, 1992. It was written by David M. Stern. I don't know why, but that felt good. Uh, it was directed by Mark Kirkland, and the showrunners at the time were Al Jean and Mike Reese. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Now, guys, I, I just want to jump in, because we've got, as you know from the episode description, a really stellar guest, and uh, I just want to bring her into the room. It's time to get her into knock, the room. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? That could only be our guest, who is one of the hosts of Baby Geniuses on Maximum Fun. She is currently one of the writers on HBO's Barry. Holy shit, that show is so good. Her latest comedy special, Ice Thickeners, is available to stream on Comedy Central and YouTube. Uh, please welcome to the show, Emily Heller. Hello. Hello. Hey. It's great to be here. You're Emily. back, baby. I'm back. Yeah. Back in the New York group. Uh, <laughs> back in the Simpsons dude. <laughs> I am studio. Hey. so excited that this episode was still available to talk about. Yeah, what a yeah. crazy No one had snapped thing. it up, because what a classic. For, it's so good. For Max Fun diehards uh, who go to the... Max Fun Con? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was not forgetting. I was simply building it up. That is um, how we work. We rehearsed this. You know, you will know that we have played this episode uh, yeah. at a trivia that we hosted. Right. Uh, and we had to watch it with, like, the most the most buffering in between scenes you've ever oh, seen. Oh, God. Every single second. Like, we'd be, we were flown out to do it. Right. And every two seconds, it would have the loading wheel. <laughs> And you know what? For the ten of you that were there, hey, was it not a great time? Did, it did we so not make it fun. work? <laughs> I repressed that memory, oh, and Jordan. then you just <laughs> hearkened it back, and I went, "Oh wow, that that was a low point." <laughs> but that's how you know how the, the Simpsons is a good show because it, you wait for it to buffer. You wait for, it to, wait buffer. for it to buffer. Uh, you've seen the episode a thousand times, but Jordan Morris is still happily smiling at the screen, patient because it's a good <laughs> episode. It's a good episode. Uh, what a, what about the episode? Do you love? Well, I mean, I love everything about the episode. Well, not uh, everything about the episode. What do you hate well, about the yeah, episode? Yeah, let's start with what you hate, because that might be the lesser of the yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, the, like, Native American headdress that Krusty puts on. And, Does not age right. well. Right. Yeah. He calls uh, himself an engine. Yeah, he believe. says honest. Yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, but, I mean, as a kid, what I loved about this episode, of course, was, like, I loved anything where, like, kids take over anything. Yes. Like, the golden sort of rule of kids' media, at least when I think we were coming up, mm-hmm. was, like, just put the kids in charge, and that will be, like, the most... Blank, popular yeah. yeah blank check 
blank check. Camp nowhere. Camp nowhere. I'll even include Accepted, which came later, which was <laughs> didn't the Justin that. Long movie, and they made their own college. But uh, yeah, because it, it yes. was the Nickelodeon slime era, and yeah. it was like, you know, a kid's world and parents are just living in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was probably a little bit too old to be watching this show, but there was a show on this network called The Noggin. Yeah. Which also aired Degrassi, but there was a show called Radio Free Roscoe, and it was yes. about a pirate radio station. You guys oh watched my that? Yeah, and I was about so it. into that. I was into that too. Though I was, I was more into um, Degrassi, but I was yeah. like, I'll watch this. This is part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Like similarly, like a package was Sweet Valley High and um, Breaker High. Did you guys ever watch Breaker High? No, never watched it. Was it was apparently only on for one season, which is weird because it looms so large in my memory. But it was like mm-hmm. about um, these high school students who were doing a semester abroad on a boat and like one of them was Ryan Gosling. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, everybody was just freaking out but over there, that. <laughs> uh, he was like the dweeb. Whoa. What? Um but there were no parents. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, a, like you said, a big theme, I feel, because children don't feel any autonomy. So like, no, whatever you can get. It's the ultimate fantasy is to ultimate. have like literally any power. Yeah. But then also, I was, I am like a camp person. Like I went to camp many, many years and I actually went to a camp that was run by a clown. <gasps> what? So. Unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> and it honestly wasn't until I was watching this episode today that I was like, oh, right. I went to a camp run by a clown, and that's a connection to this. I mean, I knew he was a clown when I went there. It wasn't like I just realized that. Uh, I went to Camp Win a Rainbow, also like a weird sort of Native Win American. Win a rainbow? Win a rainbow, Got like it. one word. Got it. Like W-I-N-N-E? W-I-N-N-A, rainbow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like I know. No. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and... It was run by Wavy Gravy, who's like a famous hippie clown, emceed Woodstock. Uh, Which year? The first one. <laughs> 99. The big one. The big one. came back. They were uh, like, where is Wavy? Uh-huh. Uh, and he's I like, love asking which Woodstock. Which Woodstock. <laughs> That's great. Go on, Emily. Uh, I'm dying to hear more he, about this. Yeah, he's like a Bay Area legend. Um and he like started dressing up as a clown in the 60s so that cops wouldn't beat him up at protests and because cool. like if they arrested him it looked bad for the cops to be like here's a photo of the cops <laughs> arresting a clown because it was so embarrassing for the police force well just cuz it makes them look like the bad guys for sure yeah i'm going to pull up a picture just so julia can see uh what wavy gravy looks like mm-hmm. yeah. he looks exactly what, what you, you think, think. Yeah. yeah just like a dude in a, a tight eye t-shirt with a clown nose basically. so he ran a camp <laughs> so yeah apparently this camp started i i don't know the exact history but like the legend goes that they started it as like a place for like deadheads to drop their kids off for the summer. And then it eventually, like while they went and followed the Grateful right. Dead, um, and then it eventually became like an accredited camp. And it's a guess circus and performing arts camp. And so like they teach like juggling and stilt walking and like Amazing. aerials and things like that and like theater and Amazing. improv and stuff like that. And um yeah, I went there for like, I was a camper for three years, a teen staff for three years, and an adult staff for two years. So I, I went there for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of my friends from there. Anyway, I love that. it was the opposite of Camp Krusty because <laughs> yeah. it was like, you know, very well run. And uh, he was. You got the he, real he was, gruel. Yes, yes. Yes. The food was really good. 
I became a vegetarian while I was there because the vegetarian food was so good. That's that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still walkers, going vegan. Nah, yeah. I've heard everything. Yes. Yeah. It all it all kind of adds up. I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big camp person, as I'm sure I've broadcasted through several different outlets, uh, especially this podcast. But I have a camp tattoo. Ooh, try to I have a camp tattoo also. It. Really? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Wait, what's your camp tattoo? Uh, on three. Will show. So this is a camp tattoo, and I'll post a pic, I guess, for people if they're curious. <laughs> but it looks like something very Illuminati-esque, but it's actually a symbol from the camp I go to is a YMCA camp. Okay. And this is a symbol of the YMCA Ragger, which is a program. Program that um, is meant to, um, you know, enrich young lives. And so you said them... present tense. You go there. Yeah, I'm. I'm a director oh. once a year for a week. I teach um, sketch comedy to middle school kids, oh usually the indoor kids who bring books to dinner. Um, I teach them <laughs> yes. sketch, and then we perform at a campfire every night. And it's that's amazing. One of the best things I do all year. I look forward to it. I taught poetry when I worked there, which was like Did definitely you? the class that <clears throat> the kids who didn't want to do any classes signed yes. up for. Oh, no. Because <laughs> everything else was like, you're dancing, you're juggling, right. you're doing a thing. And then poetry was like, I guess we'll sit down. Yes. Um, <laughs> I would have taught poetry. Because I also, I, I, you know, I still volunteer at this camp and I do that. But like, I remember early college, um, I think I used like my camp resume to get a job as like a after school day camp counselor type person um and i just and that was like young kids it was like i want to say four years old to 10 and so i'd always be with the younger kids and they were just so rambunctious so my whole role at that after school daycare center was like okay kids let's sit down and draw our favorite day let's just draw something and i also kind of was trying to get them to like draw me cool kid drawings i could put on my fridge later yeah. so it was like just doing that the whole time like That's let's amazing. sit down i wish i had kept more copies of the kids poetry because oh. it was so funny i do have some on my fridge currently of like little notes that i've received it's nice that's very special i i've never gotten to experience camp more than our uh my elementary school had one week that you would go to camp and so you'd it's like Monday to the Friday, you wouldn't mm-hmm. even miss a weekend. Yeah. Um, so like we do that too. Yeah, I, I, I've always been very, very like super. Like that seems like the best thing in the world. I never got to do it myself, but it makes me also have like a soft spot for this type of thing because it's the only way I've gotten to really experience it. So like mm-hmm. for me, it's just like this is I'm here too. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> there's something very special. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like. I, camp is so like it's transformative for kids that do go to it, and you can still go to it, Allie. I honestly, as an adult, one hundred percent, they have would. adult yeah. camp at I, Camp One Rainbow. I really one did. week I've adult heard, camp. I've heard about adult camps elsewhere too. That I think fun. the camp I go to does it, but it's like for shitty influencers, and it's like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Um, but I feel like I, I learned so much from just the basic principles of camp and like sharing and being a part of a community, and you know, like. You know, just having an outlook on life where you're not front and center, you know, that those simple things. But I also feel like in my professional life, I just keep consistently trying to find what feels like camp with like work situations and stand up comedy can feel like camp too. like all these little things where I'm like, oh, feel like that. Yeah. But just like that kind of like tight community of non blood related family. I feel like it's never going to happen again. It's never (laughs) going to happen again. I know. Uh, oh, but what we can though. do is talk about camp in this episode. Yes, bond over that. Which transition. in some ways feels like um, therapy for people who didn't go to camp because it's like the most hellish vision, <laughs> right, most right, uncamp-like right. vision. Um, one uh, one uh, personal story I have with this episode 
that I have also mentioned in the past before, but I couldn't tell you when. Um, I talk a lot about how I have and grew up with the Simpsons toys, the McFarlane, uh, like, environments where you could put Marge on this little thing and then she would say a quote. Um, they had, like, a Camp Krusty set, and I would always, always make Lisa make out with Camp Krusty Bart because I thought he was so hot. <laughs> he was hot. Yeah. When his hair is all messed up yeah. and he's got the, you know, now problematic face paint, I was like, give me. Like, yeah, give me I that. Uh, yeah. And I loved, because to me, Lisa is not related to Camp Krusty Bart. It's just a different boy. No, it's you're just totally a different right. boy. There's that- no rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that disheveled shithead, I realized something uh, deep about myself this past Oscars when... I forget, like, if Adam Driver was on stage presenting or was just in the audience, but I confessed out loud to the group of people I was watching the Oscars with just how hot I find Adam Driver. And I feel like Adam Driver is a personification of the rugged Camp Krusty Bart. Bart. Because he's just like a weird, like, shithead you could project emotions on. Uh huh. I I feel like there's something wrong and right about him. He does a lot of push ups. I'm fine now with that. that's cool. <laughs> that's like the only thing that I've heard about him in real life is that he does yeah. a lot of push-ups. Like in between takes. Well, he was like, like too many. He probably. was like otherwise the, it wouldn't be a story. He was like a marine or something. Was he? Yeah, he was uh, like in the service. I forget what and like some I think sort of elite like really? yeah. He's like a a man. He's just getting hotter to me. <laughs> you guys are just giving me an assignment. <laughs> so good. Uh, so for those who haven't seen the episode in a while. Yes. What we like to do on this show, as you remember, mm-hmm. Emily, um, for people that haven't watched, we read the synopsis from Wikipedia. Ice cold could be good. Ice could cold. be bad. Usually Ice bad. Cold. During summer vacation, the children of Springfield... <laughs> Attend Camp Krusty, a summer camp named after Krusty the Clown. Mm -hmm. The camp is extremely unpleasant, leading to the campers rebelling against the camp director. And that's it. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Here we are. I love how it's like the Wikipedia descriptions almost never include like the first act of the show, which is like always just like a long preamble. Sometimes it's like a full fucking paragraph. (laughs) They are like, all of these details are good details. You know, and maybe they're right sometimes. I don't know. Um, One thing that I want to say really quick up top is that James L. Brooks wanted this episode to be a film. Uh, oh, that who makes said sense. no to James L. Brooks? <laughs> I don't know. Who looks at James L. Brooks and says, mm, I don't like that idea? Mm, now that you mention <laughs> it, it really does feel like yeah. one. Well, it reminds me, one of my favorite uh, camp movies, kind of in you know the same genre we were talking about earlier, Heavyweights mm-hmm. is like yes. one of, not just a good camp movie, not just a good kids movie, but like a legitimately one of the best movies ever I made. mean, definitely the best Judd Apatow movie I would made. say so yes. too. <laughs> First uh, writing credit for all you nerds listening, if you want to know. Um, yeah. Here's something that's... I, I had a question about this. So this was a season premiere. Yeah. Even though it takes place, like it starts on like the last day of school. Yeah. Is I, but like the fact that he wanted it to be a film kind of makes it make a little bit more sense to it me. Does. Yeah, yeah, that it would be like the in between. And they've of course done this a couple times. We've seen Summer of Forfeit Two and sort of like breaking what like the general like timeline of the Simpsons kids in school are. But yeah, it does feel. I mean, it, it basically mirrors the same opening as Heavyweights, where it's the last day of school and everybody's like going fucking wild. Yeah, but and it then, also yeah. feels like to my earlier point. 
it's about being happy that summer's over rather than like being excited yeah. that summer's starting. That's mm, a good point because yeah. the start of the episode is like June twelfth or something, and then yeah. the, you know this air is September, so that's kind of when you would be getting back to school. So it does kind of fit a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. knowing that. But yeah, very interesting. I love that it immediately opens with just kid kid fantasy. Yeah. Uh, the episode opens with uh, still a realistic premise, so you're mm-hmm. not sure that you're in the dream yet of Bart has gotten bad grades. Right. And then Kerbopel, um you know, just bends to his whim and changes his grades. And not to timestamp this episode too much, but watching it amid the uh, admissions oh, scandal yeah. made made m- the hairs on my neck go up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. I'm, I'm in love with that story. And so many other podcasts are talking about it. So it's we don't so need crazy. to, but it is so great. It's so crazy. It's so great. I, I also just love uh, the, the, the relationship that she and Bart have um, in Bart's dreams. Like, it's almost flirtatious. Like, there's just... Like, <laughs> No, oh, it wouldn't be fair to the other children, but all right. And it's just like uh, I think he calls her. Oh yeah, much obliged, doll, and like pats yeah. her, pats her butt. <laughs> well, it's that's... so weird because like a real kid would think that that woman was a hundred years old. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I love that. Like Bart, I feel like consistently in his fantasies, he's like you know some old Humphrey Bogart character or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he just takes on this weird like old timey maturity that you just don't see elsewhere. Yeah, it's a weird thing for him to fantasize about. You know what? Yeah. He's a weird kid. Let's just be honest. He's weird. Finally, can we Whoa. finally be honest? What and number say he's episode? Weird? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they start with Alice Cooper. School's out for summer. We start to have the weapons that. of mass destruction, uh, which is amazing to imagine the principal insisting that we destroy the permanent records. Which, you know, at that time, like permanent record, like you know, the yeah. most terrifying idea in the world. Um, and I really love that when he wakes up from this dream and realizes it is, in fact, the last day of school, he he, he asks Homer, just like, how do I know I'm not dreaming? And Homer just, just smacks him with a newspaper. So <laughs> no, pinching, pinching is normally more standard. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, little offshoot jokes that don't really amount to anything of, like, Homer being bummed that, like, his lottery numbers are bad <laughs> and, like, other... Like running over all that stuff with the lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, it does lead to a really funny joke of like, you've got tiny hands. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Go and fish those roller skates. Uh, But something I think this episode does excellently is just setting up the stakes extremely quickly. We know immediately, even in that dream sequence, that if Bart doesn't get good grades, he doesn't get to go to Camp Krusty. And uh, we, we hear about that promise in this clip here. Homer, you do remember your promise to the children. Sure do. When you're 18, you're out the door. No, Dad. You promised if Bart and I got C averages, we could go to Camp Krusty. And with no false modesty, you're looking at one happy camper. Uh, yeah, well, just remember, when you see my report card, they got this whole new grading system this year. It now goes D-B-A-C. Now listen, boy, we have an understanding, and you'd better keep your end of it. I don't think I'd be any kind of a father if you got D's and I let you go to Camp Krusty. But, Dad... Son... If you really want something in this life, you have to work for it. Now, quiet. They're about to announce the lottery numbers. 17. Don't. 32. Don't. 5. Don't. 8. Woohoo! 47. Don't. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it, so though. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely relate to being the type of kid who would kind of say, like, well... 
you know, the, no one in the class got an A. Like we right, all got, right, we, right. You know, no <laughs> one gets good grades in her class. Or like that teacher, ha- you know, hated me for no reason. The grades you are know? so arbitrary anyway. I mean, what are they even judging it off of? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I assume you guys are both scholarly A students. But... Absolutely not. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, no, only really in English. <laughs> Everywhere else was kind of a wild card. Did your parents ever bribe you with things like going to camp or doing a, a big trip? for good grades no no I think that there was never really like a threat if I didn't get good grades oh really yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it was like yeah I'm not sure why I think my they were just kind of softies yeah I think my mom was like she'll be an artist and I think also yeah she and my mom was a single mom so I think she was just like she'll Julia's capable. <laughs> she's, she's a very confident child. She'll figure it out. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Maybe. I was constantly grounded. And really? And like a very good kid. Oh, <laughs> but no. constantly grounded because I would get C's and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, like I got in trouble for not getting good grades, but it was never like, they would never like withhold camp from me. Right. As a result. Right. I didn't get to see Avril Lavigne or Rush, which were the two bands I loved the most. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, when they toured together? Yeah. <laughs> who opened for who? I think you know that Avril was the star. Um, <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, <laughs> uh, at any rate we, we kind of um, figure out... Uh, Actually, this is when we see that Lisa gets a B plus, and I do know that feeling because uh, if you're used to getting A's and right. then you get your first bad grade, it really is shocking. That actually reminds me of um, when I went to high school. I went to uh, an arts high where instead of um, a major in theater and instead of PE, we had theater movement, That's uh-huh. so which was great. so it was great. But theater movement, I mean, I think I knew I didn't want to be a true actor, um, so I always kind of faked period cramps for theater movement. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to pretend like I'm being chased by a shadow. And uh, I like, but and other women were faking period cramps too. So I was just joining the party. <laughs> and then I got a B and I was like, what gives? <laughs> and I remember like, being sincerely yeah, shocked. Because you faked all those period cramps. Oh, right. I wasn't. <laughs> Ever really standing You're not and moving. Done with the theater program mm. yet. You're not that good Got at action. Had your acting been better gotcha. on the theater cramps? Theater yeah. cramps, that's what you have. The I thought I'd get by on my moxie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what acting was judged off of. In mm. my high school, I took, I got to take. You could take like dance instead of PE, mm-hmm. and I, I took beginning dance. And as like our final performance, what we did was we went to a retirement home yes and interviewed them about their life stories and then choreographed dances based on their lives yes. the beginning dance class definitely the people you want to trust with your yeah, life story to tell a story yeah. <laughs> and we like w- wrote the stories out and then we would do these like musicless dances as our dance teacher would read the stories and they were so so bad that we performed them twice. We performed them once at the old folks' home and once at our school. And at the old folks' home, like a lot of the old people got up and left because it was oh, not a good God. show. And then at our school, it was just like watching my friend Nika try so hard not to laugh, but laugh so hard <laughs> through the whole thing. And the whole thing ended with everyone in the class lined up in a line with like our arms out at our sides, slowly walking forward. As my teacher said into the microphone over and over again, amazing, Ah! amazing, 
amazing. <laughs> Monica oh was excruciating. Wow. <laughs> that specifically, like, middle school, high school dance performance oh, is yeah. something so specific and great. And, like, everything feels so poetic and powerful. Like, and using the elderly as, like, this, you know, thing Weird. of, like, gravitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're thinking about mortality. That's why we're. Honoring their story or like yeah. something, yeah. It makes me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Pen Fifteen. Yes, the yeah. best show yes. In it is the, world. the best show. Um, but there's a great uh, storyline that's pretty much what you just described. Yeah, yeah. The after school program. It's so good. Wow, that's amazing. The uh, the fashion show, right? Yeah, the fashion I show. That. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, at this point of the episode, the uh, the school year is coming to a close. We get a lot of good moments. You see Bart clearing out his locker including like these very starchy underwear or gym shorts that are like just like crispy. a brick. Crispy. They're crispy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, we have Bart kind of make the appeal that he needs to get a D or a C average and tough luck. Have a delightful summer. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of good countdown, countdown gags in terms of like how everybody's using um, – you know, the three, two, one, you get, like, one of the kids is sick. You get, like, I think Milhouse's head is in the toilet. Um, but my, one of my favorite jokes in this episode is as all of the kids are running out, uh, the teacher, like, runs out with a book. It's like, wait, <laughs> I forgot to tell you how World War II ended. We won! <laughs> USA! USA! Um, and uh, at this point, we kind of are wondering, like, uh, you know, what's Bart going to do about his grades? And he ends up changing all of his D minuses to A pluses, to which Lisa, of course, is just like, at least a you know, choose a plausible grade. Mm-hmm. And um, I always kind of remember the way that Homer responds uh, in this next clip when uh, Bart shows his grades to him. Well, Dad, here's my report card. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Hey, plus, you don't think much of me, do you, boy? No, sir. You know, a D turns into a B so easily. You just got greedy. Well, so I won't get to go to camp? Now, Bart, we made this deal because I thought it would help you get good grades. And you didn't. But why should you pay for my mistake? You mean I can go? Yeah. I didn't want you hanging around all summer anyway. Oh, Dad, you're the best father a boy could ever have. Hey, son. Nancy Cartwright's voice acting is so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was like a sincere, like, you mean I can still go? This is really yeah. emotional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then we get, of course, they're like teeing up for like, uh, you know, you're the best father a son could have. Oh, thanks. Now, Fish, you've got tiny hands, yeah. you know, <laughs> of course. So perfect. Um. I love his thinking and that he, of course, is still a kid at heart, too, because he remembers changing his own grades. And it's just like a sweet. Right. I don't know. A I think it's very changes sweet. into a beast. It so also easily. reminds me of just like that kid logic of like, but you raised me. So this is your fault. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still have that mentality. I think I still have a very like, like snarky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's your fault. <laughs> You're the one who raises me. You're the one who gives me food. So hence, henceforth, <laughs> therefore, like using all those like meaty words. Ergo. <laughs> Hair to after. Oh. Anyway. Um, let's take a second to think about meaty words during this break. Hmm. Hey, 
everybody. This is Jay Keith Van Stratton, host of Go Fact Yourself, a live game show here in the Maximum Fun Network. Make sure to listen to our next episode of Go Fact Yourself with guest Kurt Brownowler. I did a show in Flagstaff, Arizona, where the venue just didn't list that the show existed. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and I and it is the smallest crowd that I've ever done a full hour of stand-up for. It was three people. Oh, wow. my God. And Sarah Schaefer. Yes, I love crafting. It's my hobby. I have a craft nook in my home. You do? I do. It has all my supplies displayed in an adorable manner. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, uh, yes, applause. Applause for a nook. That's Go Fact Yourself here at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. What a great break. I said so many big ass words. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Do you say a word like nigga? Whoa. I like when Bart says nigga. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, that's when. God, uh, you're so horny for Bart. It's hey, crazy. We're all you know what? Bart. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Adam Driver, so <laughs> that's going to replace Bart from henceforth. <laughs> Heretofore. Heretofore. Uh, I, I really like that Marge is, uh, you know, preparing herself for the family to be gone for six weeks. And it's just like, I'm not going to cry. And right. they immediately just start scarfing down food and fighting over a pickle. Uh, yeah. And instantly just breaks down because she's just so lovely. But yeah. I really do like the um, the side of going to camp that kids probably never are witness to, which is what a vacation it is for the parents. Yeah. Oh, my God. I it, can't believe how long it took me to think about that angle of like... <laughs> That is the only reason kids go yeah. to camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, like, as a camp person, it's like, it is such an important experience. That's how I always <laughs> felt about it. It's like, yeah. no, your parents want you gone. Yeah. Uh, and doing the very brief wavy gravy search uh, moments ago, it, and as you mentioned earlier, the Grateful Dead thing really does seem like it was a big part of it in terms of like, yeah, well, you know, they're there are responsible, loving parents who want to still see the dead. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they got to load off the kids somewhere. Those kids will be proud of the parents for pursuing their dreams. Absolutely. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, what, uh, what do you think is the event that you would want to do to and send your kids to camp during? Like, what is something mm. that you're just like, you know what? Kids are going to go somewhere while mom does this. Oh my god! I'm never gonna have kids. I think so, that's where I'm at. So we'll it's just see, my whole really. life. I go back and forth. My whole I'm life have a is baby. <laughs> <laughs> decided this week. Yeah, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because um, I'm. I don't know. Like I feel like everything is so kid accessible now. You're right. <laughs> that I feel like it's you just. Put those little baby headphones on those kids, you know, yeah. the same kind that like air traffic controllers wear and just like fucking go see real big fish. <laughs> we all think in real big fish, right? Everybody in here. We were all thinking. Oh, yeah. uh, I will cool, say, cool, cool, cool. I will say um, RBF. RBF, baby. I got a deep fryer for Christmas Ooh. and um, my brother lives in town and he texted me the other day being like, Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was today. Uh, basically being like, and he has a kid, being like, s- telling me his wife and his kid were out of town. Uh, so maybe this is a good time for him to come over and use the deep fryer. Yep, 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 yep. That's great. I actually have a better answer, uh, Allie, to your please, question. Please. Uh, I know in my bones that I'm probably going to be at least like 
when I'm a parent and the kid is like, or kids are really, really small, um, like, you know, ship them off somewhere so that Mike and I can go to a Disney theme park. That makes sense. <laughs> Get rid of the kids before you go the to Disney. Slow us down. Yeah. <laughs> or like, probably not a Disney theme park because that would be a sincere bummer and a fuck you. But like a weird one from like, there's this uh, theme park, maybe you know of it, uh, Efteling in Amsterdam. I have been to Efteling. Have you been to Efteling? Did I tell you about Efteling? No, but I've I've been talking to many different it's theme park people. amazing. Yeah, I want to go. I've been twice. Cool. Wait, no. I've been once. Okay. It's <laughs> the best. Yeah, I hear it's you amazing. shouldn't bring kids there. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan then. So, I don't know the first thing about it. Can you walk okay, me through? Okay, so Efteling, what I've heard is that, and again, I think this is like an urban legend, mm-hmm. uh, is that it was built like a few years before Disneyland and Disney like went there and like stole a bunch of ideas. Ooh, like they yeah. have their own, it's a small world. They have like, it's all fairy tale themed, but it's, in the woods. Mm-hmm. Oh my so God. it's actually like the place where the fairy tales would have happened. It it's like an hour and a half outside of Amsterdam. That's amazing. Like it's, it takes a long time to get there from Amsterdam. And like, it's also like, it's fairy tales, but it's like the grotesque European yeah. version of the fairy tales where they like die and cut pe- cut their fingers off. And yeah. they're constantly making new rides and like using this crazy, like crazy new ride technology but they'll have, from what I've heard, uh, they'll have like, you know, new technology rides right next to like super old timey kind of yes. dark rides. Yeah. And I also heard that the guy who developed the new rides got fired for spending too much money on them. Whoa! They are awesome. Cool. They are really so good. Cool. They, they have my favorite ride that I've ever been on. Um... And I forget what it's called. It's called like Volgenschnack or something cool. like. But it's like simulates being a bird. Amazing. And I love it's, that. It's so great. Yeah. And I, uh... they also have like a bunch of stuff that you just could not have in America because of like frivolous lawsuits, I sure. guess. Or like, um, but like they have just like statues that just like shoot water at you and like cool. get you wet with this dirty water. <laughs> and like you can also just like walk around smoking joints. And like they also have um these like animal shows Ooh. that I won't even spoil for you because cool. it's Thank like you. Yeah, I'm but going. It's like with like trained ravens. Oh cool. my God. Yeah. Yeah. When are you going? Uh I don't know. Mike and I are like that's like this next trip we want to do. Yeah. So I actually have like a flight alert for Amsterdam that I got like an email from today saying like, hey, it's going down. So maybe we'll oh my God. buy our tickets. Let me know soon. if you go. I have a the my friend who took me there. So I was going to Amsterdam. It was like the first time I'd ever taken like an adult vacation. Mm-hmm. But I had just gotten cast on a TV show, so I was making crazy money and I was like, fuck it, I can do whatever I want. Right. right. <laughs> and um me and my friend went to Amsterdam and and I was like, I told my parents I was going and they were like, oh, you should look up Jesse, who is like a guy I was like a baby with. Like, uh-huh. we hung out when we were babies and then like have not seen each other since then. Like, we would, we went to the same college, so we kind of like ran into each other on the shuttle once right. or twice. But we like had not really talked. And then they were like, but I, 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 they said that he lived there. And so I sent him a message on Facebook being like, Hey, um, do you live in Amsterdam? Like, I'm coming through, and my parents said I should hit you up. And he, like, let me know if you have any tips. And he was like, not only do I have tips, but I work in tourism, and I specialize in giving people, like, untouristy things to do. Holy so shit. So definitely hit me up. Whoa. And he, like, was that, he took me to Efteling. Wow. And... That's rad. Uh, he now runs, like, a very, very fun... Um, boat tour company that they do like canal tours uh 
And I recommend doing that on the first day because they'll tell you a bunch of shit to go see on the rest of your trip. Very I'm gonna do it. Cool. You just yeah. plan my trip. It's super chill. It's super Damn, great. I'm yeah. so glad I brought that up. I know. I <laughs> yeah. am too. Hit me up when you go. I will. Um, yeah, that's been on my list uh, yeah, for a wait. while. If anyone is listening who's gonna, is going to go to Amsterdam, check out uh, those damn boat guys. Ooh. Uh, highly recommended uh, Amsterdam tour. Do it on your first day. Now. In this episode, they hype up a trip and a camp experience, and it does not end up going <laughs> the way that you want. Great segue. I'm, Allie, I just want to say really quick, when you were gone, I missed you. And I, I felt you. I don't know if you've listened to, um, I did an episode of Jenny Jaffe. and, and uh, wait to hear that. Which is great. But I de- there were definitely moments in it where I was like, if Allie were here, she would have an amazing transition. <laughs> well, that touches me. Yeah, you're the sherry uh, to my Terry, let's just say. But but yes, as you were saying. Uh, yeah, but we get this idea of what Camp Krusty is going to be. We get the video home uh, of uh, Krusty on the horse. Uh, all the kids are being sent off. Uh, we get Marge's good advice of like, you know, how many, like two leaves, something, something. And then uh, I, I really just, I, I don't know what the quote is and I apologize. But leaves of three, leave them be. Leaves, leaves of four, four, eat some more. <laughs> so good. Um, but I also just thought it was very sad and funny of Martin um, because this camp is also a, like a fat camp, yeah. um, which was something that came up a lot in 90s cartoons because I remember there was something about that in um, Hey Arnold as well. Like that was mm. a very formative episode. Um, these days, we're much more body positive and it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't th- I mean, I I'm do sure think it's there are still fat camps. It's got to still be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, if you do want to lose weight. Jenny Zagrino went to one. Interesting. We got to get Jenny Z on here. get Jenny Z. But yeah, I think that I feel like maybe whatever administration is currently in office, like, you know, how the first lady always kind of has that like body move in kind of initiative. I feel like maybe there was a similar body move in kind of childhood obesity thing happening in the 90s. I don't think that's true. Really? Yeah, I think that that was just Michelle Obama. Oh, and maybe I'm conflating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that, like, I mean, every first lady has some kind of initiative, right. but actually I think that that whole thing kind of started with Hillary Clinton, mm. and she was like, I want to have an initiative, and I forget what it was. It was probably education or something. You're right, like her you're pet right. Project. Yeah. And that was part of the reason why people hated her, was they were like, why are you doing <laughs> Why are you doing stuff? You're right, you're right. Because yeah. I, I grew up But the president's her. Physical fitness test has been a thing forever. Yes. 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 Yeah. Maybe um, I'm thinking about that. Too. So we, we get the line. Uh, Martin is very upset because the, the parents are kind of sugarcoating it. And he he very angrily is just Image like, enhancement camp or yeah, something. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. oh, please. You know, this is just fat camp for daddy's chubby little secret. <laughs> <laughs> you promised you wouldn't fight or, you know, you wouldn't make a scene, I think is the line. Daddy's yeah. chubby little secret is a great there, name for your penis. It's a good penis. band name. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. I thought you were going to say like trivia team, but that works too. <laughs> That is very good. Uh, so uh, this is when the kids realize that things aren't going to go as they I love thought. this moment. Thank you, Krusty, and welcome, children. I am Mr. Black, your head counselor. For the past 15 years, I was president of Euro Krusty Land until it blew up. I'll take any questions you might have. You and then uh, one more. Can we call you Uncle Blackie? No. Last question. When do we get to see Krusty? Uh, he will be along eventually. In the meantime, our counselors, Dolph, Jimbo, and Kearney will be happy to handle any problems you may have. So great. Terrifying. Terrifying. It reminds me of, it's it's like if Michael Eisner took over like a Disney camp or something, like a corporate head, <laughs> you know. But he would probably be more warm. 
Um, but I love the mist like that Mr. Black gag of the voice being dubbed over. Yeah. That's Mr. just the, Black. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's so great. Also, like it, yeah. can we call you Uncle Black? <laughs> <laughs> and that was Milhouse, right? Yes. Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> can we call you? Oh, it's just in how innocent he that line read yeah. is. And that he wasted one of their two questions <laughs> yeah. on that. It's it's such a layered joke. Yeah. I really love that, uh, as we kind of already talked about, just the closeness of Marge and Homer. Homer kind of makes the first move when Marge is showering, and she, of course, is very business as usual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are frisky. We get some horny Marge. I love when... Uh, married couples get horny on TV. Me, yeah, it's good for kids. I it is good for kids. Watching shows about married couples who won't fuck each other. It's so sad and it's upsetting, and it makes you grow up to hate women or men, depending on who you are. Usually women, most likely women. Yes, and it's just very upsetting because, like, that's a part of your relationship that is not should not preaching, but that's a part that can be really great, and I would imagine you would want to have that for the rest of your life, if that's yeah. what you're into. Yeah, yeah, I feel like <laughs> most of the times where it's like, she won't fuck me, is a male protagonist who's like, you know, yeah. with the sweatpants, <laughs> or, yeah. But then even shows like uh, Tell Me You Love Me, where they just won't fuck, and I'm like, just fucking fuck already! I, I hate watching it. I, I, can't, I don't know if I, I know can't Tell handle. Me You Love Me. It was on, I think, Showtime many years ago. It was like oh. Adam Scott, what he did before Party Down, I think. Gotcha. Um, and it was like about couples counseling. Mm, gotcha. And he was in a couple, or maybe it was not, there was like an ensemble show, but... There was one couple where it's just like they hadn't fucked in forever and it just stressed me out so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's like what they thought would be the most interesting A story or whatever for it's that. not even yeah. that. It was like that was their season arc. Right. It was <laughs> just one of those things where I was like, I know this is a real thing that happens. It's just one of those like, I think because I don't find it relatable or right, like right. or because like it's one of those things where when you're watching it you're like I know the solution to this problem yeah mm-hmm. is just for you to fuck yeah <laughs> it's right. hard to watch even though it's like okay I know there's something emotional going on here that's like invisible and you know yeah but it's just I don't know I don't know why I hate it it just makes me so uncomfortable well yeah it's a harmful trope and it also t- it really yeah. paints I mean most people learn from TV and yeah. you know mm-hmm. if it's if you don't necessarily know that your parents are banging and so yeah. it, it's good to have a I mean I definitely love it more when like on things that kids are watching if they're horny but I think it's even in shows that I know kids are not watching sure. it still bothers me and even if it's not playing into the trope it's there's something about it I don't know it's like I feel the same way about like when I meet like an adult virgin who's like a virgin for no reason, who's like just is like 30 years old and hasn't had sex and is not religious and not waiting for marriage. It yeah. just stresses me out so much where I'm like, just please go have sex. I don't know why. <laughs> right. unless, they're, unless they're asexual, probably. Then you're right. like, yeah. OK, yeah. Well, unless they're asexual. But if they like want to have sex and they're not having sex, I'm like, what is going on? Like incels you're more talking about or like watching that show. The Bachelor. No, <laughs> The Bachelor. <laughs> Although I the definitely season. I am already so uncomfortable watching. I cannot watch those shows because they're so embarrassing to me. Yeah. But, like, definitely if it was an adult virgin, I could not watch a second of it. Yeah, well. But there was that show that was, like, adult about adult virgins on TLC. Oh. 
And mm. some of them were waiting for marriage, and some of them were just yeah. adult virgins for no reasons, and it just upset I me. What do you mean about like putting too much pressure on it? And you're like, you because so I watched this season of The Bachelor, oh, and yeah. he is an adult virgin, and you know the first five episodes are like virgin jokes and whatever, um, and you can tell he's a real virgin because he calls it making love. Um, uh-huh. So you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> is that okay? yeah? But yeah, no, I agree with you. It is stressful because you know I'm watching it with friends and like we're just yelling at the screen going like it's disappointing like it is not not, at all what you think it's going to be and so you know like you virginity is a myth anyway like you've saved all this for nothing you know and he's not even religious so who cares why is he (sighs) he said he was too busy with his football career we don't need to talk about he was too busy to bone takes like two minutes I know and (laughs) usually that's a sleazy line but I believe him that is the thing that was most shocking to me is just like no, you could have really good sex very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's time efficient. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just here to say, you know, I think it's cool if you don't fuck or if you do fuck. Uh, just don't, uh, don't be an asshole either way. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yeah, don't be an asshole I'm not either trying way. to make anyone feel bad for not oh, having sex. absolutely not. No, yeah. Well, one thing that I've had to not had to, one thing I've been challenging myself to do is just to stop going to easy insults that come from a place that I don't even really get. Because mm. if you're, you know it's a wonderful and good thing that people are becoming more aware of like, that's actually problematic and you probably shouldn't say that because you don't even realize who it is that you're hurting and it's not the person you want. You know, like people don't say the R word because of course not. But not long ago was everyone saying that. And like the same thing for me is like, oh, fucking virgin, like as an insult when someone, when some people are virgins for, I guess, a good reason or something like that to me has always been just like a go-to like fake insult or a joke oh, or like you know or making fun of a man because he's a virgin when really he's just a, a misogynist like that's really what I should be making fun of and so it's just been an interesting kind of tool of like even just in terms of yeah joke, what am I what am I writing, really saying yeah joke writing and empathy for because like you know when you're coming up with punchlines all the time I found myself frequently minding that well and I was like mm-hmm. yeah time to retire it to right. clarify also I kind of consider this in myself akin to having like a phobia of cotton balls and I do actually I genuinely have a I hate them a friend of mine does can't deal with it for me I'm kind of like it's there's not a good reason for me to not to feel uncomfortable oh, around sure. this. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's just a, it's just a thing that stresses me out the way like if someone tells me they have to go to the bathroom and they don't go right away, I'm like, just go. Right. Just go right, right That's now, please. My, I can't stand it. Yeah. Now, let's all, uh, listeners, let's all write to us and let us know what is the one thing that you don't really have a reason for. It just drives you fucking crazy when someone doesn't do that thing. Why do us at Simpsons Pod while we take this break? Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. And then that's how my day starts. Yeah. Come on. I'm so sick of it. (laughs) When is that going to be over? Like, I want it to stop. (laughs) Teresa, you're hurting my ears. (laughs) I mean, that's it. Yeah. No, that's... I just hate it. Yeah, I don't blame you. It sucks. It really sucks. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we're back. Hey. Oh, my God. What a good break. 
Yeah. Uh, and now it's time to go back to camp. Uh, a lot of really uh, dark, bad things start happening right away. I th- I know that there are some movie references happening in this, but I mm-hmm. don't know what they are because I'm dumb. But you're uh, not dumb. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I I know that Lisa's Lisa starts to kind of write her letter like throughout mm-hmm. the episode, and it's like this very like dramatic uh, and yeah, cinematic. Remembering that this was kind of conceived as a film. Was it, this like Ken Burns Civil War? Is that what they were making? Yeah, I think so. I think it is. And she does say it's like a Dickensian level of like child labor, (laughs) you know. Um, And there's just so much happening in this. But one of the things that we would be very remiss to not play the clip of is the Krusty song because it it is just so good. I love it so much. Hail to the Camp Krusty by the shores of Big Snake Lake. Though your swings are I love it. And then the stage collapses. It's very satisfying to me. Yeah. ASMR. Mm -hmm. I remember this track was on, I forget which Simpsons album, so I like know it from, there's like a lead in of like the very um, full metal jacket type uh, sergeant yelling at all the fat kids uh, that goes into this song. And it's, yeah, it's just fun. Um, I I do like the phrase just like we're not going to stop until this Christmas ham gives yeah. me a pull up. Yeah. I just love <laughs> Christmas ham as a <laughs> way to describe it. It's very funny. <laughs> I want to say a little bit of trivia yes. uh, about this episode. Um, so as we discussed, uh, you know, James L. Brooks wanted it to be a movie, but the episode itself um, was 18 minutes long, so that's short for the 22 minute run, and they had to add uh, extra verses in the Camp Krusty song to get it to really yeah yeah so their argument it was like al gene talking to james l brooks being like if we can't even make a full episode of this premise (laughs) (laughs) what makes you think (laughs) they would have figured something out i would imagine but that was a good quip Uh, and they also i i read uh they wanted they thought mr black was going to come back as like a recurring character sorry that hydrophile got him yeah (laughs) Uh, this episode has one of my very favorite, um, lines, and I don't think I even realized it was from this episode, but it's just when, like, things are so dire at the camp, and the, the big kids are being, like, so mean, um, no one's even being able to get their mail, and, like, you know, when the mail does come, they, like, eat their cookies, it's, it's really awful. Um. The jelly bean cookies. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but my favorite line is just, like, I feel like I'm gonna die. We're all gonna die. I mean, soon. So did I. I yeah. love that line, and it's something that, that I is good. I somehow managed to bring into everyday life. Really? <laughs> I really do. I thought you were going to go, because I actually didn't catch this the first time I, I saw it, and, and, you know, really, really got it this last time, um, but when they contrast that... I think it's right after that scene of like they're shivering in their freezing cabins and just like so purple and cold. It goes to this like really lush, you know, rich um, cabin that like 
like all the camp the counselors are with Mr. Black and uh, I forget Jimbo maybe yo Mr. Black another brandy and he just says <laughs> gentlemen to evil to evil <laughs> and they quickly there's so many lines where they just the joke is really amped up by how quickly they cut away from it Absolutely. it's yeah. so great when they finally bring Krusty out like Mr. Black is finally so like oh I did say that I was going to bring you something instead of dinner I think and um, oh yeah a surprise in lieu of dinner <laughs> in lieu of dinner uh, they you know Bart has not lost faith which is right. quite crushing and um, Barney comes out which I think he does an excellent Krusty to be honest yeah uh, I mean he's still funny but not ha ha funny which, <laughs> it's a comedian watching other comedians but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it is so that was very cutting <laughs> it, uh, it, it's so great because you get all of the kids kind of like rallying together Mr. Black says to the big kids just like I thought you crushed their spirit or I thought you broke their spirits and yeah. um, just totally choose them out this is at the time where you could kind of sense like maybe they didn't know exactly what they were doing in this episode but it still came out excellently but we get the Camp Bart sign yeah, and uh, she's like I thought I was going to say uh, like Camp Freedom it's like this had more zing <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, and the I love Krusty is being knighted yeah uh, and yeah. It's a phone call in Some the middle. Mail, Mr. Clown, <laughs> or phone call, Mr. Clown. Yeah, I just love. They must have had so much fun brainstorming, like all of the like very like lush, like frou frou things that he could have been doing instead of you know attending to this camp. You know, just furthering that gap, contrasting how poorly all the kids are doing there. I mean, he's at Wimbledon before this. Yeah, but I love the heightening from Wimbledon to being knighted. Yeah, it's like <laughs> such a steep climb. But then we get Kent Brockman at the camp interviewing Bart. Then we. Get it is the sexy ringleader Bart that we all love mm-hmm. so much. Woo! Um, oh, and God, I lo- and Homer's new hair falling out. I know. Uh, I love yeah. him growing the new hairs. I know. I'm close to having a comb over. Yeah. And he immediately gains the weight back. Uh, yeah, just upon the sight of him. Uh, the Simpsons really loves to talk about how hair is affected by stress because yeah, the whole like right. Sherry Bobbins episode is based on that as well. I love that basically they do finally bring Krusty in and he immediately like punches one of the cameramen and uh, he's no one believes him at this point because you know uh, they've been lied to this entire time and they're traumatized. Right. <laughs> and um, the way that they find out is the pacemaker scar. Right. And um, but before they ask him uh, who played your daughter in the short-lived series President Clown? <laughs> it's like, well, I, don't know, I don't know her name. But she held up a liquor store last year. <laughs> those little zingers that just blink if you miss them. It's so fun. And that really is a great joke uh not only because it's funny but also because it's just like yeah actors aren't going to know as much about their trivia as fans are like it's a very good reminder like they don't know their work you do you're the man um but the the hat the bear hat line my god this was another track on a Simpsons album so it's like forever burned (laughs) in my brain but it is such a fucking great joke of like you know bard is breaking it to Krusty, giving him all the details about how bad it's been since he's been gone. It's like, and one of the campers was eaten by a bear. Oh, Oh, God! (laughs) Well, actually, the bear just ate his hat. (laughs) Was it a good hat? Yeah. 
Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Just, yeah. I love. Was it a good hat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love hat humor. Yeah, me. Oh my gosh, the Simpsons really love a nice hat. They do. Um, and uh, to make it up to them, uh, he takes them to Mexico. <laughs> it's such a funny misdirect. It yeah. is so great. Him saying we're gonna go to the happiest place on earth. Tijuana! (laughs) I remember being a child and I think, like, having gone to Tijuana with my family, but we only spent, like, two hours there and being like, but wait a... Like, just not quite getting the joke. I don't think that that's... Yeah. It just... Yeah, now it it ages like a fine wine. It ages so well. Mm. And then you're just like, that's just the worst possible thing he could do with a bus full of children. But then you get such fun, you know, like, joke opportunities with the slideshow of yeah. all the different crazy things that they're doing. Bart and, got a tattoo. Yeah. Of, he got a camp tattoo. The Aww, three of you we are in a special yeah. camp. Not Here me, we though. Are. What would you say is the biggest lesson from this episode? Oh. And it could also be about our conversation that we had. Mm. That is oh, that's true. a really good point. I just feel like I've been learning a lot about scams lately. There have been like a lot of high-profile scammers, and this just feels sort of like in line with that, which totally. is just like you should just like really look into something before you invest a lot of emotional energy into it. Yeah, make sure it's legit. Yeah, I think that's, that's the point. lesson of this. Yeah, yeah. If it's not legit, quit. Hey. Or form your own scam like those, you know, uh, trailblazing moms did. (laughs) Had a good laugh with my mom about that. Listen, it's going to be a spicy Mother's Day, you guys. It's going to be a real good one. Oh, my God. There's so many scams happening right now. I didn't even think about that one in conjunction with it. Yeah. I was just thinking about Theranos. (laughs) Oh, yeah. um, I'm, like, a little bit, like, away from finishing the book, and I finished the podcast. And listen, we're going to be in such a renaissance of uh, Elizabeth Holmes content yes. in the next year. And just like Billy McFarland, it's like they're all right. the same sort of... I'm yeah. fascinated. This was basically Fire Festival. It was. Camp Krusty was Fire Festival. It was. It was. Alliterative. Simpsons predicted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love that so much. Uh, thank you for coming by and talking about this episode. It's such a good one. Shocking that no one has picked it yet. Mm-hmm. I know. But I'm so, so happy good. it was you that picked it. Thank you it so much. It had yeah. to be you. It had to be you. We were saving it for you. <laughs> saving it for you. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people watch your special? Uh, I mean, we already know Comedy Central on YouTube, but plug, plug your shit. Plug yeah, your shit. Yeah. Uh, Comedy Central app, website, and their YouTube channel. You can watch my entire special, Ice Thickeners, for free. That's amazing. Um, and it's really good. Uh, yeah. It's a good yeah. special. Yeah. You should watch it. You will like it. Um, you can follow me online. I'm at, at Mr. Emily Heller on all things. Amazing. And yeah. Julia, where can people find you? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. I'm at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gerson on all the things. And you can find us at Simpsons Pod. Yeah, and everything's coming up. Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun, our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio and our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Switch. Smell you later. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.